The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to Zeitgeist Lab Collections from Itchy Grundle Podcast. In Collection 3, Brian and Alex metaphorically traveled north to Canada to investigate the Canadian content that seems to be pervasive everywhere. This is Episode 1, The Weaker Thens Reconstruction Site. I'm gonna edit the pod each weekend I'll never fall a week behind Brian's gonna be sober We're finally gonna be fine We're gonna squash our beef about Culver's We're gonna double our patron subscribed We're gonna have less igloos We're gonna finally be fine We're gonna put our bibs to eat all in the grizz Munching them up in a hurry And we're gonna listen to all of the notes given to us from Pam Blurry! Yeah! We're gonna have less pop punk guys than the first two collections combined. We're gonna pod forever, gonna fight too hard together. And we're finally gonna be sunny and shiny, and we're gonna finally be fine! Hey, you pay attention? Uh oh. Oh, sorry. Hey. I I was uh, I was just thinking about what the what the podcast is going to be like now that we're not talking about community. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, oh. are, are you ready to start? I'm ready to start. Whatever you're, you're ready to start. Yeah. Okay. All right. But, Welcome. Are you, oh? are you are you are you bummed that we're not talking about community anymore? Or you just no? Just I mean, I'm not I'm not bummed. I'm just. I'm just lost in thought. You know that I get okay. nostalgic. I mean, we've done our clip shows before, and you know the beginning of a new season is is a good time to to look back in reflection uh, internally. We've already done that uh, with our listeners, but you know, I was just a moment of quiet reflection before we get started here. <laughs> just say a quick prayer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Silent prayer. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. So, welcome to the Zeitgeist Lab Collections podcast. This is. Collection three, we are here to talk about Canada and CanCon, and I am one of your hosts, Alex, and my other host is with me. Go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is is Brian. It's Brian. You sounded like, I wasn't sure if you were going to say Brian. You like stuttered for a second. I wasn't sure if I was going to cough from that. Oh, okay. All right, so you're not sure if you're going to cough. Um, you're not usually ill, so that means you must have some sort of inhalant that's making you think there might be some coughing coming. I got my uh, my microphone. Your microphone? My, okay. My, my, oh. my, my little magic wand. Okay, that's like a Bob Barker-style microphone. It's, uh, yeah, my, 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 my pen. Your pen. So you are a vapor now. This is weed. It's still you're still vaping though. Yeah, vaping weed or Delta Eight. Right. Pretty specific. So wait, I'm not so, gonna answer. I'm not gonna answer a million questions about it though. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I don't. That's all I want to talk about is that thing. So if I can't ask a million questions, I don't even know what I'm supposed to say right now. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, am I allowed to to request a temperature check at least, or? Oh, yeah, I've been doing this thing all day. 
<laughs> so you you're getting more high than you used to. Like high more often at least. Oh, the the microphone's muted again. There's so much coughing. It's no, it's muted. Oh shit! I, I hit talk an accident. Um, <laughs> what was the question? So you're getting high more often than you were before. Yeah. Yeah. This is so much easier and convenient than smoking like just regular weed. I really want to go back and find because I swear to God I have a clip of you saying that you would never be like you wouldn't vape that was not going to be your thing no no I would never say that are you sure I'm positive I've I've used these things before okay I've been trying to get my hands on a vape for a while gotcha yeah these but my friend put me on my former roommate current juggalo friend put me onto these okay now this is Maybe the third or fourth time in a row that we've talked that your juggalo friend has come up. And yet prior to that, we had gone like nine months without ever talking about this person. So <laughs> like, why is this, is this person just like back in your life suddenly? Or is it just recently you've really had uh, more reason to talk about juggalos? Uh, no, we, we, we hadn't hung out for like two years. Okay. I haven't talked for quite a, some time either. And then, yeah, started hanging out recently. Oh, nice. So maybe that's why. Maybe. Uh, do you think he'd want to be on the podcast? Is he, Would he be a good guest? I'm still looking um, for guests for this season. I, I don't know if he would. Some friend you are then. I don't know if this guy would be a good guest or not. I could, I could talk to him about it. <laughs> what the, I mean, we could do a, a Patreon episode about uh, ICP. There we go, yeah. It's, uh, they're not Canadian, though. I know, but Detroit, it's close, right? Like, Michigan's just one state below the border. Like, it's it's a border state, right? Like, Yeah, that's true. And we don't always talk about... Like, the Patreon episodes aren't always about what the main season's about. Yeah, yeah that's, that's perfectly true, yeah. We talked about the fucking royal family during a season about drive through records, so you tell me why it has to be about... It doesn't have to be relevant to the season, that's, yeah, this podcast doesn't have to make sense. No, Th- that's a question. Be, it doesn't have to be called Zeitgeist Labs, where we presumably look at things in the zeitgeist. But then I get the list of topics for this for this month, and I've never heard of any of them. <laughs> I can't help it if you're not part of the Canadian zeitgeist. <laughs> so that's a question. Does our podcast make sense? I don't know. I don't know. Do you I still listen to our time? podcast? Uh, I mean, since we've been on break, I haven't, no. But, like, I mean, I listen as I edit, but but that's kind of different because I'm just so focused on where can I trim stuff, where do I need to get rid of, like, Brian coughing or me making weird noises. So I don't know that I actually ever go back and listen to the episodes. So for all I know, these episodes are just, like, absolute dog shit. I don't know. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think it's that bad because people still listen to it. That's true. We do have a uh, a grundle of listeners who seem to be loyal to us. A grundle? A grundle. This is, this is a new word? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how new it is. I think it's a real word. 
I've never heard this word before. You've never heard the word grundle? No. Grundle. And I, I know my measurements. But I've never heard of a grundle. Uh, I think I might have the wrong word here. That's what I thought. Looks like the grundle is essentially the taint. What word am I thinking of? Oh, wow. So right here it says, the grundle is the area between the anus and the genitals. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. uh... (laughs) So, uh, obviously I have my words all mixed up there. Yeah, a little bit. That's going to bother me. You're you're the taint. (laughs) That's right. We've got a we got a taint of listeners that are... Uh, You're the taint of the podcast. And the epicenter of that taint is Buttermuffin 155, if I do say so myself. Alex is the brains. I'm the the mouth of the podcast. The mouth? Yeah. And well, then, I'm the pod god. We've established that. I'm the god. No, I'm just, but you need, you're stepping on my little thing here. Okay, all right. So if we're a body, you're the brain. Mm -hmm. I'm the mouth. The listeners are the taint. The loyal listeners are the taint. Yes, yes, of course. Loyal is always bad. Yeah, the occasional listeners are just like, I don't know, the belly button? Yeah, that's a good comparison. Um, okay, so before we get into talking about Canada or our subject for this week, uh, like what's what's going on, Brian? It's been we've not been really in front of the paywall in a minute. We haven't even really talked in a while. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been about a week or two. Yeah. Um, Did you have a good off season? Did you do anything fun over the hiatus? Um, I watched the Packers win. On oh, did they finally get a win? They won on Monday, yeah. Instead, okay. We were supposed to record on Monday. But instead, I went to my parents' house and watched to get the Packer game. Nice. With my dad. That was pretty fun. Was your dad get high? No. He told me to vape in the garage. So he doesn't care if you bring it to his house, though. Right, Yeah. He didn't ask too many questions about it, mm-hmm. but I got rip roaringly high there. Okay, watch the Packers win. That was fun. Um, I haven't been doing much else. You know, I I, I had that job and I quit it. Right. Um, that was pretty stupid. Not a stupid decision, but. That was a stupid two weeks to be alive. <laughs> yeah, like I like we talked about before, um, you sounded kind of bleak when we did the Sum 41 episode, so I'm, I'm glad that maybe you're out of that, at least one of the aspects that may have been causing you so much uh, uh, dismay at that time. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I forgot how, how bleak I sounded on that one. I, I haven't listened back. I'll have to do that soon. <laughs> Yeah, I would recommend. Uh, I would recommend it. I would recommend it to all our listeners, actually. patreoncom com. Exactly. Yeah, we don't plug our Patreon enough, even though we did get another 
listener in the off season. Yeah, we got another patron. So we're uh we're things are really coming up, Zeitgeist. Hell yeah. Shout out to the whoever I forget I don't know their name. Shout out to Michael, our new patron. Do I if I if I've been following along correctly, goes by the the name the Golden Umbrella Stands. He's one of the contributors oh. to our Shoes Robinson compilation, which I recommend everyone go check out uh, to help out the Buckle Bunnies Fund in Texas, helping fund abortions, and because Shoes is amazing, and because all of the artists on that comp, especially Polly Sci Alex, just kick tons of ass. So check that out along with our Patreon. Yeah, that was that was an amazing thing we did. I mean, it was that you, that you did, rather. No, no, no. Uh, look, I'm good now. We everything we do, we do together. We suck together, or we do that together. I'm not. <laughs> we did it. No, like I, I wanted, to, I, like, I want, like, I wanted to be known that like you put that together. I had nothing to do with it, even though it's amazing. Okay, all right. Well, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing that I had nothing to do with. I forgot about it, and uh, and like he told me about it, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's, that's cool." <laughs> so. And I, I totally spaced on it, and then and then seeing Shoes' reaction was really heartwarming. So it was heartwarming. So it was really, I mean, it was a very nice process. Exactly. So everyone should go yeah. to <laughs> patreon.com dot com slash zglabpod. Three simple dollars a month. Um, gets you access to what is now 10 great episodes and there'll be more because we promise at least two a season so we'll do some more this season um, or we might do one about the the grundle maybe a full episode dedicated to grundles might be an interesting <laughs> one to get behind the table uh, okay um, so I think it's it's that time um, this is it was kind of a segment in the first season, but not really, and more of more of a segment in season two, uh, more regular anyway. But this is like I think it's time to officially declare this uh, uh, an actual segment of the the Zeitgeist Lab. Hey, okay. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail when it comes. I wanna wail. Hell right. yeah. It is time for mail from our grundle. <laughs> time to reach down. <laughs> touch the grundle. Alright. Um so I reached out twice to our loyal fan base on Twitter. Inquiring more about what we should talk about. And I have too many notifications. Hold on. While you're checking that, I just want to say that, like, during our first season, you had your own Twitter account. And during the second season, you didn't. But it was, like, your season. So it's, like, whatever. And now we're in the third season. And it's, like, it's kind of, like, it's my season. But we both run the Twitter. I just like, do we always have to be talking about sports on the Twitter? Like, that seems to be all that you tweet about these days is sports. Not these days, just not ever since the Packers started. <laughs> right. 
I can. Right. And so we're like going to be right in the. I can. I cannot tweet about sports. Well, I mean, maybe we just like. I don't know. Maybe if we. Maybe I just need to get in there and offer up other things because I don't want to like censor you. I just don't want that to be all that's on our Twitter. I don't mind if that's on there, but I just don't want us to be like a football Twitter account or, or something. I don't know. Well, you can tweet things from it too. I know. I do sometimes. It's hard to remember. I'm hardly ever on Twitter on my own account these days. Yeah. And I know that you said that Twitter is dumb and stupid and bad, so... Twitter is boring and bad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can tweet more stuff in addition to, uh, to the stuff about sports. It's It'll be hard, but I'll, I can do that. Okay, well, what are, what are our listeners? What is What's in the mailbag? All right. All right. I'm rubbing the taint. <laughs> Man, we're uh, really just leaning fully into this taint thing now, aren't we? I, you're the one that thought Grundle meant something <laughs> else. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do what I want with it. That's perfect. You do whatever you want with that taint. <laughs> my taint, my choice. Right. I like, I like some good taint play. <laughs> All right. So, um... I reached out twice. No one said anything the, the, the today. Um, but uh, wait, no, yeah, that's I think someone true. did say something today. Yeah, it's just it's there. The response is hidden. Gabe Sluice, the Sluice is loose. Said video games? Question mark. No, that's my answer. No. Okay. Since it's a question, I'm just going to say, no, I'm not talking about video games. Video games are bad. Uh, Are you you still playing video games? I know you had been for a little while. Um, Well, my laptop broke, so I haven't been playing anything. Oh, okay. But that's my answer, I guess. I like Sonic the Hedgehog. I've probably said that before, but Sonic (laughs) the Hedgehog is the best video game of all time. And Mario and Nintendo can get fucked. Obviously, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 from Sega Genesis. Correct. Correct <laughs> answer. Good. I know it is, but I'm glad that you know as well. I don't know. That one, I wouldn't say it's the best game of all time, but if we're going best Sonic game, oh yeah, definitely. What's the far. best game of What's the best video game of all time then? Um, Streets of Rage Two is up there for the Sega Genesis. Street Fighter Two. Um, Pokemon Red and Blue. Well, you know what else was really good on the Sega Genesis was Deion Sanders' primetime football. Did you only have a Sega Genesis? That's like the last console you own. <laughs> no, I also had a Dreamcast. I moved on to the Dreamcast, if, uh, you know, five years later or something like that. And then I had uh, play them. So I had the Dreamcast and I played the Sonic games, but that's when I got a Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two specifically, and then. 3 came out and it wasn't going to be on the Dreamcast because the Dreamcast was like end of life by then so I saved up my allowance money for like 6 to 9 months and got a Playstation 2 so I could keep playing uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Nice, that's that's awesome some of the the best games of all time Yeah, Playstation 2 is the last console I had Damn That was me for a while too and then I got Playstation 3 even when, even though the PlayStation, PlayStation Four had come out, so do you still have uh, it? Uh, no, it, um, 
I uh, I traded it to to Juggalo Max. Oh my god! All right, we've really come yeah. full circle here, huh? Yep. What did he give you in return for it? A PlayStation Two. Oh, okay. I just wanted to play one game. Okay, it wasn't have... compatible with three. It was what? And it wasn't compatible with three. Uh, what game? Time Splitters Two. Okay. So do you still have the PS2? Uh, it broke. Okay. Everything I own breaks. Eventually breaks. Uh, watch out, Doom, then. Yeah. I was going to look at an adder, but then I realized I let her outside. Oh, wow. Getting bold, huh? Yeah, no, she can run around the, the downstairs area. She knows that. Gotcha. All right, what what's next in our mailbag here? Um... Let's see. I don't think there was a topic. Um, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Okay. Well, I, I said I said we're recording season three premiere tomorrow. What do you want to hear us yap about? And Butter Muffin just wrote. It was 34 degrees here last night, which wasn't really a, an answer to uh, my uh, question. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you follow the thread, he then talks about how it's, uh, he's just letting us know that it's pumpkin spice latte season. Oh, is that what he said? Mm-hmm. Because I pointed out that it wasn't even a question. Oh, you did? Yeah. I don't see that in the thread. Oh, I know, because then he he retweeted your post trying to get other people to answer. Oh, let's, that's right. Let's see yeah. if anyone responded to that. No, uh, nope, it was just me. Oh, I said I'd like to hear them talk about the decline of Western democracy. So, um, And then I just told him that his suggestion was just a temperature, and he said, I was just letting you know what time it is. Hashtag PSL. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, my cat's name before I adopted her was Pumpkin Spice Latte. Oh my gosh. Well, I think you definitely made the right move by changing that. Yeah, now it's Dr. Doom. That was, that was, you can't get a bigger upgrade than that. No, I mean, that's a great name that you picked for, but literally anything would have been an upgrade from Pumpkin Spice Latte. You could have named her yeah. Grundle, and that would have been better. <laughs> I've been I've been wondering what I was going to name a second cat if I got one, and now we I know. can't think of anything. But now I now I think I know what I'm going to do. Grundle, Grundle. <laughs> okay, all right. Over here. <laughs> okay, so is that it for mail time? I think so. All right. Well, thank you, you tainty little listeners for uh, uh, for dropping Grumbles. your requests. Um, yeah, keep them coming in because it's always a fascinating part of the show. So, okay, season three. We made it to season three. We got renewed. We're back. We're here. We are talking about Canada. Not Canada. Like, fuck actual Canada. But we're talking about CanCon. So, I, I don't know. I've talked to Pan Blurry about this some. I, I've been told that maybe the correct phrase would be Canadiana. Canadiana. Yeah, kind of like Americana versus Canadiana. Oh. 
because CanCon okay. might uh, CanCon might imply that it's just music, um, but I, I don't know. So either way, we're talking about pop culture from Canada. Uh, I I've I've been thinking about this one for a while, kind of almost a year ago, right before we started this project. Uh, you and I had talked about you know what could we possibly talk about after Drive Through Records. And um, one of the things I suggested was CanCon. And that's just because it seems to me like it's kind of everywhere. To me, anyway. It kind of starts with I had a – I made a friend who was a Canadian. And it was like the first Canadian I'd ever known in real life. And ever since then, <laughs> I've just kind of seen Canada everywhere um, from our parent podcast, Blink-155, all the way to like shows my kid watches – um, to podcasts that my wife listens to that aren't uh, Blink-155. So it just seems like my life has become inundated with all things CanCon um, since about two, the year 2016. So I kind of want to explore that. But, you know, when I started thinking about this season, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. We're going to do, like, Nickelback and Sum 41 and Avril Lavigne. And then I kind of had this paradigm shift where I was like, well, wait – what if we talk about Canadian stuff that I've yeah a para uh, a, a paradigm shift uh huh partygram partygram yeah part of partygram yeah uh huh part uh, partygrams of human memory mm-hmm. exactly yeah well like because I was like I was kind of feeling uncomfortable and I stopped to kind of readjust my grundle and then my <laughs> my what's the word I can't even mispronounce it right part partygram my partygram shifted yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, well, what if we talk about Canadian content that that I really don't know? We're going to talk about a few things that I am familiar with and that you're familiar with. But as you kind of allude to, the list of things that I have chosen, like I know you looked at it and you're like, what the fuck are some of these things? And I would say the exact same thing. I don't really know a lot of these things we've been talking about. It's just kind of a grab bag of like 14 things I found that I wanted to talk about. So to me, that's that's – why we're talking about this. That's kind of where I came to Canadiana or whatever. Maybe we should call the season. Should we just call the season O Canada? Isn't that the name of their national anthem? I don't know. Hmm. Brian, what are your thoughts on CanCon? Um, I feel like Canadia, Canada <laughs> is the superior nation. Well, it's just America's hat. It's America's hat, yeah. True. They're the superior nation. You would say that because you're from a place that already gets ungodly cold in the winter. So to you, it's like, oh yeah, the weather is basically the same, but they give me health care. Whereas yeah. when I think of Canada, I'm like, God, that seems pretty cold. <laughs> um, that's not just why I'm saying it. Um, oh, okay. I, I when I think about it, like some of my favorite bands are from Canada. Um, um, no, I just think it's a superior nation just because they have healthcare and legalized um, weed. And then they, 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 they figured out weed a long time before, before we did. Mm-hmm. Some of us still haven't. Um, do you care about le- uh, like weed being legalized? Because you just use it no matter what. So do you even really care if it's legal or not? Yeah, because then we get then we get dispensaries with like all kinds of cool shit. Okay, that makes sense. And I could actually like get it prescribed as like an antidepressant, 
and someone knowledgeable will know, hey, this strain is good for depression. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And plus, I mean, obviously, you're not too concerned about breaking the law, but it's it's nice to be able to do things without like having to worry like, oh, what if I get caught with this or that or whatever. So, yeah, I can yeah. see that. That too, yeah. Even though I'm white, it's been legal for me for a long time. Right. But, um, yeah, so they have that figured out. I mean, it's it's like I've always thought Canada has been a superior nation just because you know, for, for those reasons and other reasons. Okay. That I can't really, that I um, can't really pull off my grundle at the moment. <laughs> um, so what have you ever, have you ever made the trip north of the border? No. Okay. Yeah. Neither have I. Never been. Never been. All right, well, that question kind of got us nowhere then. So uh, what... Uh, what You're just you... hoping that I've been there, huh? Yeah. So you've seen the list of what we're going to be talking about. What, if, and mm-hmm. Without giving too much away, like, what are your thoughts on what, some of what we're going to be discussing this this over the next few months? Um, are you excited? Are you weary? Or do you think it's going to suck? Like, I'm excited more than anything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hold on, my my cat wants to get back inside. Hopefully, I don't I don't know what this season's gonna be like for her. Yeah, first season in the new place for her. Yeah, it's, uh, for me too. Well, yeah, but you're. I mean, change is hard for people, but at least you can kind of contextualize it and understand it. Whereas a cat's like, you know, what, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> why do we Why do we live here now? Why do we downgrade so badly? <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what I did. <laughs> Didn't realize it. But it's all it's all a money thing. Alright, well, uh let's let's get into this this first episode we're gonna talk about. Um I when we when we settled on CanCon, or I guess when I did, I of course gave you the chance to, to let me know if there was an episode or two you wanted to do. This was the only thing that you had specifically ever mentioned to me, you said you wanted to uh, talk about a album from Canadian uh, songwriter John K. Sampson. So we're going to talk about Less Talk, More Rock by Propagandi. <laughs> Some of my other of course, I'm kidding. That's the first time I ever heard Propagandi right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the first time I heard it was also earlier today as I was doing some... Re- so we're here to talk about The Weaker Thens, specifically their 2003 album, Reconstruction Site. And one thing I learned today was that The Weaker Thens was started by a former bass player from Propagandi, John K. Sampson. You didn't know that? I did not know that, no. I don't know anything. I've never heard of The Weaker Thens. I've heard of Propagandi, but never listened to them. Well, aren't you in for a treat? I apparently I am, um, and that song that we listened to like five seconds of was called "Apparently I Am a PC Fascist Because I Care About Both Human and Non-Human Animals." Mm. So yeah, okay. So Brian, why why are we talking about PC the weekend things? Because uh, they're the best band from Canada. The best band from Canada. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. I'll, I'll go there. Okay, and if that's the case, if you think that. Why did you never go back and, like, you know, I don't know what order you discover these things in, 
But if I was like, oh, I found this awesome band that I love and their lead singer used to be in a different band, I would probably go back and explore that band. But you're saying you've never bothered to go back and listen to Propaganda. No, I don't really care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never like they're always compared to other bands that I never that I never listened to. I never that I never really cared about. So Yeah. Um I knew, and I knew the weaker bands were already so different from what Propaganda sounded like. Right. So I was like, I'm not gonna find like the missing link to what makes this so good. Right. So tell me then, like, what is your history with the Weekends? Because when you say it's the best band from Canada, that's fine. But what strikes me as odd is that this is not. This seems like a band that would have come out of that phase where you were stopping by the record label or the record store on the way home from therapy, checking out emo albums or something. That, that's 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 how I'd said. It's exactly when I got into them. I was going to mention that. Okay. That's what I got. Yeah, that's that's weird that you you kind of nailed that. So, and despite the fact that your taste has changed a lot since then, because some of the bands that you discovered in that time, Dashboard Confessionals, something corporate, you now seem to think it's a little bit embarrassing to go back and revisit. Do you st- do you feel that way now about the weaker ends, or has this held well, up? This holds up incredibly well. This okay. holds up incredibly well, and then so does their. Superior album, Left and Leaving. Okay, so you did not because you picked the album as well as the band, but yeah, and and uh, and because I didn't stay on brand, I'm picking the not best thing, right? The not best thing. Talk about yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, So this is the first time I had listened to them. I haven't listened to any of the other albums yet because I've been. My this was thing. my gateway drug to the weaker lands. This was okay. This album was so. This is I the first was, one you found. This should be the first one anyone hears. I think. Okay. So you did you've gone back and listened to it in preparation for this or no? Yeah, I listened to it today. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what your thoughts are. When's the last time you listened to it? Because I know you tend to, unlike me, who I'll listen to an album over and over quite again. A couple of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite a few years, yeah, a, num- a number of years since I last listened to it. Because um, I used to listen to it at work a lot when I worked at a liquor store because it was like the only friendly thing I was on my iPod. Okay. So I'd, I'd listen to their whole lot of discography in, in like a day because there's only, there's only four albums and they're all good, but they all sound the same. Okay. You can put so, it all. You can, Put the you can put the discography on on shuffle and it wouldn't make a difference really. Gotcha. So, what Although, thoughts did you have revisiting it today? Like, were you taken back to that time or? Um, not really. I wasn't transported back in time or anything. It was just a. Um. Um. It was. Just, it was just like, and I, I still know all the words to all the songs. It's kind of that that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I was like, well, I don't listen to music like this anymore, but I, I still love it. That was kind of my thought process there. Gotcha. Okay, so this was the third album by The Weaker Dens from 2003, and it says here it's a song cycle about grief, regret, loss, and eventual hope. So what songs stick out to you? Um, 
Now, while you're looking at that, one thing I didn't notice, I guess it's there's these three songs, Manifest, Hospital Vespers, and Past Due, which are three different sonnets that follow a terminally ill hospital patient into the aftermath of his death to the same melody. So I did, definitely did not pick up on that. I will say that... I didn't pick up on that either, but I, I know that all those songs have the same exact melody. I feel like the first half of this album is extremely solid. Like, especially, like, I don't know. No, they're all, like, all the first seven songs are really good. After that, it starts it starts feeling kind of samey. Like you said, I guess, if you just put on the whole discography, discography it's hard to say what songs are from what albums so it's not that it gets bad it's just i'm like i feel like they're not doing anything new to to cap like to keep my attention through the end of the album yeah um wait so so one great city doesn't stick out to you that's one like when i saw it because that's why i said oh yeah i guess the second half does have some good ones because that's one that i do remember it's 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 not i mean it's still good but um it it doesn't hold a flame to like you know, the first five or six songs. Mm. Um, yeah, the stickouts for me are like, um, yeah, I guess like you're right. The, the first half basically, and then a new name for everything. One great city. Um, bad addiction. Uh, the whole album is really fantastic. I, the lyrics on this thing are just insane. Like he's really a gifted writer for sure yeah. um and obviously a very very gifted songwriter too but um yeah i don't know yeah i um it was uh it was interesting because we're, we're probably going to talk more about this later in the season but um as we all know recently Canadian comedian Norm Macdonald passed away and I was like listening to this album as I you know got that news and I've been going back and looking through all the clips or reading onion articles that people may have sent me um so I think that for whatever reason um that I'm always going to tie this album to just uh I guess being nostalgic for Norm Macdonald so I don't that's it's, <laughs> it's kind of an odd feeling to be to be honest with you yeah, well, it is. Um, well, it is about a death in a way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought like this. This um, the song, um, "Plea from a Cat Named Ver Virtue." Is that what is it? Virtue. A plea from a cat named Oh Virtue Virtue Virtute. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't notice that second yeah. T. I used to think it was Virtue until I, I noticed like couple of years ago um it's virtue or something but i think just writing a song from the perspective of an, of your of your animal is just really brilliant and that one did strike me and i did some research it seems like there's a few songs from this cat's perspective yeah. during the yep. discography throughout the discography and, and his whole career and this one that song actually reminds me of you oh yeah mm-hmm because you like it's just, it's very much like, it seems like it's just like, you know, this person and the cat and obviously you and your cat have gone through a lot together, but I don't know, like not to get too sappy or, um, uh, vulnerable or earnest or whatever. Although again, I will stress that some people have told us that's when we do our best work. 
I feel <laughs> like um, just getting to know you over the last year is that sometimes maybe you're a little too hard on yourself or um, maybe uh, I don't know. I feel like sometimes you're self-defeating when it's not necessary. And it seems like the theme of this song is that the cat's like, hey, uh, you know, you're actually stronger than you think. Right. And so it just reminded me of like, uh, like the relationship you seem to have with your cat, you know, for whatever that's worth. No, I think that's really accurate. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm that's that's nice that it reminds me or reminds you of me. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. But yeah, and it's pretty accurate. Um. That's always been a favorite of mine too. Yeah. The song. Um. Yeah, it, 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 and like I, I don't, I haven't listened to it lately. So yeah, it's kind, of, it's a kind of a good reminder to not be so hard on myself and right not to over, overthink the past and things like that. That that are also brought up in the song. Yeah, for sure. So is this what I mean? Maybe this is what we'll find out throughout the rest of the season. Is this? Can I mean it's Canadian because it was made by Canadians, but. Is this overtly Canadian? What makes this Canadian other than the fact like maybe maybe I'm just overthinking it. Maybe it's just Canadian because it's made by Canadians and that's all that ever matters. Maybe there's not any Well, I mean there's a song about Winnipeg and hating oh, it. And right. The, the the lyrics are like you know, he's counting loonies. I mean that's pretty Canadian. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I mean, maybe our guest can help us figure this out more, because we're going to have a guest on this episode who's from Canada, um, who seemed excited to talk about the weaker thens. Um, So maybe he can help us kind of figure out how this fits into the broad thing. I will say there are a few songs in here that I thought, oh, this kind of sounds like Bare Naked Ladies, uh, another Canadian band. Hmm. And just some of the guitar and some of the melodies. Hmm. Do you not hear that then? No, but one time I was listening to this, this album at the liquor store I worked at. Uh-huh. And this lady thought it was the Strokes. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, she was like, oh, the Strokes. I haven't heard these guys in a long time. And I was like, this, this is not the Strokes, lady. Nice. <laughs> okay, well, should we get into some... some uh... Some videos here? Sure, sure. Okay. First we've got a plea or plea from a cat named Virtute, uh, live in Really good, really good live band. Apparently, oh yeah, that sounded really good. Have you have you seen them yeah. live? 
No, unfortunately, I haven't. No. They're not together anymore, either. Yeah, I mean, it says they're inactive, but the this uh, John Sampson, I guess, has a side project. Or no, he put out a solo album, rather. Yeah, it featured, yeah. yeah, it featured at least a couple of the guys from the Weaker Thens. Hmm. Um, okay, here they are playing The Reasons in Vancouver in 2009. Uh, such a good song. It's a really good one. This is either this or Reconstruction Site are probably my favorite songs on the, on the record. Yeah, Reconstruction Site's brilliant too. Just so, like not so loud about it, like the way he like performed. Yeah, you know, he's like, I don't really care. You know, I'm just, I'm fucking genius, but I don't feel like it. Here's a song. Yeah, just so not so loud. Yeah, I mean that's that's really good. I, I really love this song, especially towards the end, because it seems like it's gonna go it seems like it's gonna end and then like they build this tension. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like a middle I don't know if it's eight bars or something, but they build this tension and then suddenly they go back to the chorus and it's just it's like brilliant songwriting because it's so subtle. Like I, I don't even know if I'm mm-hmm. explaining it right. I don't know if a lot of people even pick up on like, oh, this is what I like about this song, but it's it's subtle but so impactful. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you should listen to their other albums. They're they're just like this one. Okay. And I think the the first two are more raw in their production, so oh, it's this makes it's sense. More, yeah, so it's even more impactful. I feel. I okay, feel like uh, the production is a little watered down on this one, but gotcha. Okay, so the last live one we'll look at is um, them playing Reconstruction Site. This is in 2013 in Toronto at Riot Fest. Oh, I forgot Riot Fest used to be in Broke time down, leaky boat, to the roof of a car, and a road in the dark, and it's snowing. Oh, he, he's got a beard here. <laughs> that would lose my mind if I thought of you for one day. Is there like the top five there? Sorry, what was that? Is there like, really, that? I was just saying, I would lose my mind if I was there. But yeah, seeing the weekend because they're they're like a top five favorite band, I think. Really, I mean, it's I yeah. can understand why. I think it's definitely with any band that you really really connect with, you've got to find them at a certain time or the right time. I think for me, that time has passed, but I can definitely understand why if you find this band at a certain time, they would be like a top tier band because I mean they're incredible. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, should we get into some covers? It's not going to shock you to find that most of the covers I've found are just dudes with their acoustic guitar, unfortunately. Yeah, they're kind of a they're they're kind of a dude band for sure. And the ultimate dude with his ultimate acoustic guitar is of course Dashboard Confessional and here he is covering Reconstruction Site. Wait, Dashboard Confessional covered the weaker ones? Yeah. Whoa. I'm just seeing it all dashboard like. Well, of course, he's dashboard. He is dashboard. Dashboard man. Beauty is just another word, never certain how it's spelled. That sounds like a dashboard lyric. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about It's definitely a, uh, a different interpretation on the song. Yeah, it's definitely his own. He's definitely making it his own. Which yeah. I give him credit for, but it's his own, not mine. Right. It's not what you. It's not what no. you want to see. Oh no. Okay, this is a cover of Times Arrow. Um, from 2020. It's a quarantine cover. Oh. Um, from John De Dominici. All of this was recorded in our separate homes during quarantine. This is the good one. An electric drum kit. Cool. I wasn't expecting a lady vocalist. I didn't yeah, me either. Now I feel sad for calling it a dude band. You feel sad? Oh, for calling it a dude band? Yeah, I feel bad for calling. I feel bad. Yeah, for calling them a dude band earlier. Well, that's okay. I mean, this is most of these. And most of the covers I found, I didn't actually get far enough in that one to see that it was a female vocalist. But uh, So most of the covers I did find tried to find females covering it because at least that's um, different. Because, again, there are just like hundreds of videos of, of like bros covering these songs with their acoustic guitar. <laughs> um, but uh, let's, let's do one more bro cover here. This is a one – what is it called here? One man full band. So I think this is the same guy playing all the parts, and then he's recorded the multiple videos and put them together. Um, and this is, yeah, one man full band cover of The Reason. What's all the wreckage? No, please. Covered by Corey Hunt.
playing too slow. It's too slow. I like how for each video he's got like a different look. Like the lead singer, he's got the tie and the button down. Then some videos he's got his glasses on. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's too far away from me to see Yeah, <laughs> swag up a I mean, it's, it's a fine enough cover, but just the tempo is too slow. It's too and slow. It was faithful to the original in a way that I don't know. I didn't like. Right. Okay. Um. Jeez, we've got a lot here. Let's just pick a few. Um, here is a plea from a cat name. It's going to bother me that I don't know how to pronounce this cat's name. This is the cat song. This is someone named Isabel. Um, it's from April of 2020. It looks like she's playing an electric guitar. Let's see if she's got it hooked up to an amp. <laughs> I wonder if she's gonna like just Julian Baker it and just like really belt it out. Don't you ever play? Oh, not. I don't know who Julian Baker is, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Sleep as much as I do now and you don't need much of anything. I appreciate that she's doing like the finger picking because it'd be I mean, obviously, the go-to thing is just to like hit the palm mutes or the chords or something, but she's she's making it more interesting than it could be. Yeah, this, this is a really good cover. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is really good. For sure. See, when you take the bro out of it, obviously the the band is is dudes, and that's fine. But uh, I think maybe when you cover it, you need a different perspective to make it interesting, at least. I mean, that song's interesting enough on its own. Yeah. Okay, here is Sarah Downin uh, covering One Great City. Oh, I bet there's a shit ton of covers of that one. Afternoon, another day is nearly done. A darker gray is breaking through a lighter. I can barely hear the star. Let's see, let's see, I turn it up. A thousand sharpened elbows in the underground. That hollow hurried sound. Were you a fan of uh, Simon and Garfunkel? Oh, yeah. This definitely has big Simon and Garfunkel vibes, especially her rendition here. Okay, yeah, I can hear that. Can you even see it? I think my browser opened another window. No, I can't see it. Okay. Guess doesn't matter much. The crowded rider's restlessness enunciates. Uh, I guess you know. The jets were lousy anyway. 
that was nice. That's just, it's just like a pleasant song. Maybe I need to go back and yeah. listen to that one more because that's that was that's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I've got t- two more. This next one I believe is not not by a female. Um, let's see here. But I was interested. I did not listen to this, but I thought it was interesting because this person is standing in front of the Harvey Heights Sewage Collection and Treatment Center. Oh, whatever that whatever that is. And they've got a ukulele, and um, it's it's a cover of The Reasons. This is Harvey Heights Music. Stopped in town I'm named after to film a quick, stupid uke cover of Winnipeg's The Weaker Thans, filmed by the lovely Amanda Franklin. His voice is okay, but there's something off-putting about it. The ukulele. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Okay. Um, So I've got one more cover. Um, You know, the... My model in the past has been to plan all these sorts of things out and then just, like, drop it randomly out of nowhere... But instead, I'm going to try something where I'm going to introduce something at the beginning of this season, and we're going to see how it plays out throughout. So I, I'm reaching out to either people I know, friends of the pod, or just people who I know are talented. And for any of the like Canadian, any of the music episodes we're going to cover, I've asked them to cover one song from whatever album we end up talking about, uh, with the hopes of putting together like our own compilation of can con covers by the end so for this yeah so for this we've got uh, a cover called reconstructed site and it comes to Uh, us from it comes to us from veronica from thank you for the podcast uh oh cool and toes.exe you may also know her as and she said uh i was going for a hardcore slash d beat type cover and oh. also, please shout out my bass player, Joe, from my band who did the bass track. So I have not listened to this. That was one of the things I didn't want to listen to any of these going into it. So this is Reconstructed Sight by, by Veronica. I'm 
a circle pit. Made you want a circle pit? Mm. Um, you, being our resident hardcore expert, can can weigh in on what your thoughts are on that, Brian. Like I said, maybe it's made me want a circle pit. Okay, yeah, I thought it was extremely sick. I think it's <laughs> really um, funny, but in a good way to hear like those lyrics and then kind of like done in that cadence and all of that. So I thought it was it was great. It was everything I would have hoped for. The Weekends have done that to their own songs before. Oh, have they? There, there's they have a, a song called My, My Favorite Chords. Uh-huh. That's a, that's a stripped down acoustic song, and then they, for like a B side once they uh, um did a version of that where it's like sped up hardcore called My Favorite Power Chords. Well, I guess you can take the kid out of propaganda, but you can't take the propaganda out of the kid. I guess not. All right, Brian, any final thoughts about The Weaker Thens and their 2003 album, Reconstruction Site? Um, no, I mean, other than like, this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, it's not my favorite of theirs, actually, but um, <laughs> it's one of the, but it's one of the best albums of all time. I feel like every, I, I feel like everyone should get into it. Absolutely, I agree. Okay. This was great. Thank you for introducing me to this. I I think it was fantastic, and I'm excited to see what our what our guest has to say. So so stick around for that. Hell yeah. All right, welcome to the Zeitgeist Lab Collections, Matt Cameron, also known as at CanCon155. Matt, how's it going? Really good. Thanks a lot for having me. It's yeah, thanks. Nice thanks. to have it. So you are in Toronto, you were telling me. What is, what's going on in Toronto this evening? Oh, not very much. Uh, you know, I've been back here for like a year and a half, and every single day it's been like in some stage of lockdown or what have you so it's right. it's kind of opening up now but now i'm kind of kind of over it yeah that's understandable um yeah. so okay so we're here because this is the first episode of our third season and this season we're talking about CanCon. and when i thought about this you know one of the many joys of doing this podcast is getting to talk to people from the 155 pod nation um i, I still consider us a spin-off of that even though They'd probably try to disown us or something like that. But um, I knew that I wanted to have you on here simply because your Twitter handle is at CanCon155. I was like, okay, if we're going to do a season about CanCon, we should probably talk to Mr. CanCon himself. <laughs> um, so we were talking a little bit before we got on mic here. You said it kind of started as an alt account. And uh, obviously, you're currently in Canada. So what, like, why why? CanCon as a handle? What is CanCon meant to you as a Canadian? Like, I, I just give us your back. Like, what's your Canadian background? Like, what? Give us your creds for being here. I guess. Well, at the time, I guess when I started listening to that podcast, I was actually I was living in LA, and okay. it was kind of nice to hear two guys talking about like the you know garbage Canadian music that we were forced by the government to listen to for <laughs> all of my you know, formative years, and it's kind of hearing them name check all that stuff and wanting to engage with the 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 Twitter at the time community for that just kind of sure. sprung out of there. Okay. 
Um, so I think being Brian and I are both Americans for better or worse for us, at least for me, I'll just speak for me. Like, I don't even, I don't know what America, like, I don't think like, Oh yeah, this is American music and that's good or bad. I just like, when I was a kid, I'd put on the radio and I'm like, I don't fucking know where any of these bands are from, but in Canada, and maybe help me understand this better. There's like a law that says at least a certain amount of the music that they play has to be Canadian based. Yes. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's still in effect, but at the time there was a, a law that 30% of the music and, and television programs broadcast on Canadian networks had to be Canadian. 30%? So, wow. 30%. I, don't quote me on this, but that's at least how I remember it. <laughs> right. And, which means you, you know, they, they found the, the few bands that people actually liked and they played them to death. Right. So, you, you, know, you know, the handful of bands that kind of broke through were on the radio all the time. So it's just like Sum 41 and Nickelback all the time, basically. Nickelback. Like, yeah, there's a lot of other ones that didn't break through anywhere else that, you know, we all were familiar with and they kind of get, you know, brought back here and there. But like they, they never broke through in the U.S. and we just heard them forever and they were just Canadian, can rock bands, as they called them. Gotcha. And there was also some, you know, government programs even to, to fund the creation of it. So they were government made and government mandated. And so, you know, some of them were great bands, but it was just. It was just kind of funny that they were forced upon us. So, I mean, from your understanding, what is the what is the point of that? Just to prop up Canadians, or like, why 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 do they have this law? Pretty much, I mean, like, it was just to compete with American. We didn't want Canadian culture to be overrun with American music and American TV and movies, which mm-hmm. you know, in, because the, the language is the same and the culture is close enough that you know they w- it would have. I think it's essentially happened ever since. You know, YouTube and the internet kind of washed away, you know, music videos and the radio. I think that's kind of happened, although there's still most of pop, most of pop music is Canadians right now anyway. But right. It's, it's like, I think, a coincidence. <laughs> right. Okay. So it, when you're listening, um, you know, as an adolescent, as a youth, obviously, we've, we, I, we talked about some of the obvious Canadian bands that come to mind for me anyway. Nickelback, Avril Lavigne. But if you're just like listening, can you pick out the Canadian music just based on how it sounds? Is is there a Canadian sound? Not not really. I mean, there's like regional sounds like, you know, Toronto had a sound kind of in like the mid aughts, like with your like broken social scenes and those kind of bands that all run the same label. And all, I don't know if that means anything to you at all, but bands that kind of sounded like that and had that kind of, you know, rotating group of members like Feist came out of that group and a few other spin-offs that were moderately successful but that was a sound i mean montreal kind of had a sound with like arcade fire and that kind of stuff that didn't really go too far beyond that but yeah that's not, not, not really regional sounds it just the bands that we knew were canadian just because we were told they were all the time right that's how we knew so so for all we know that these radio stations are just lying and claiming like oh like I guess do they have to prove it? Like they have to send in these their birth certificates or something? Like how do you prove this? I'm not sure. I mean, like I think there's a point. So like this, I, I work in the film industry, so it's like I know how it works. With like, in order to get certain film tax credits, you have to hit a certain number of points to qualify your film as Canadian, right? Like your director and your writer and some of the actors and all that. Right. And if you have a certain number of points, then it qualifies. I don't know if that's the case with music. I'm not really sure how it was proven or not. But I'm sure there must have been some audit or something because it was pretty like stringent. Like you know, the last ten minutes of the hour, here's two Neil Young songs and a Rush song. Get, get, <laughs> right. to, get to do your thirty percent. Right. 
Like okay. on the classic rock stations, it was far worse because you'd be hearing the same like ten Rush songs and you know, <laughs> Bachman Turner Overdrive and Oof. nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's really interesting. So you said that you think it's kind of born out of this idea of not wanting popular culture to be overrun by American popular culture. Is there? a tendency for a lot of Canadians to become obsessed with what's going on down here or to just like, or is it an American obsessed culture up there sometimes? Not re- not really. I mean, we just are, you know, given the same, you know, movies and music that Americans are given. And yeah, you know, we the, the trends tend to go the same way. Like what's generally what's popular there is popular here. Right. I was just looking through the charts for, you know, the 2000s just to see like if there's anything that kind of stuck out and it's, mostly the same hits i mean there's a canadian song here and there but all kind of the same just i think they just wanted to make sure that you know it wasn't totally engulfed and that there was no recording or music industry here gotcha as far as you know and i don't know if you would have any expertise on this or not are there any other countries that have any sort of laws like this or I, well I, I imagine i mean the british have their own culture but i, I they support it through the government in a similar okay. way. Yeah. I think it just, it's a larger country, so it has you know, a more of an audience, but, and it's a little bit different from America. Right. It's like, well, I have government programs for arts and all that. I think the Americans just don't. That's yeah. like you know, NPR and all that, but that's not really the same thing. Yeah. We don't believe in government programs. Here. <laughs> we don't want the no. government telling us anything or like giving us any sort of content. Like, no, we're we're free thinkers down here. That's why we don't believe in master vaccines. So, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> okay, so uh, in preparation for this, um, you're one of the few people who saw like the list of some of the things we're going to be talking about. Um, and you, there were a few subjects that you had mentioned maybe being interested in in discussing with us, but in the end, you opted to guest on our episode about the weaker thens, and you said. Uh, this was one of the ones you had talked about earlier for genuine earnestness. So what, what is your relationship with, with this band? Well, uh, I, when I was like, you know, 16, 17, I was a huge bad religion fan, like huge. Okay. And the Breaker Dance were on their label Epitaph and the singer, uh, Greg Graffin had a solo record. It was kind of like you know, blues, bluegrass, like sort of country stuff. Okay. And when he like Handful like electric songs, the weaker dance were his backing band. Oh. So that's kind of what got me in. It was like the combination. No of these yeah, it's like half like sort of like banjo, like old timey folk stuff. I think he's from, I think he's actually from Wisconsin originally. It, it, yep. Yeah, he's originally from here. Yeah. So, the, and then their half is sort of like Neil Young electric, like rock stuff, and minus John K. Samson, the weaker bands backed him up. So, hmm. you know, those two things combined sort of brought me in. And okay. then I heard Reconstruction Re- 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 Sign, and then it's kind of blew me away. Uh, um so i i don't really know i didn't know this band at all and i had no idea that there was a connection to propaganda another band that i know nothing about i had at least heard of them <laughs> before brian suggested this the the phrase the weaker thens meant nothing to me can you see the connection between propaganda does this make sense or is this like Not totally out of left field it's like i mean propaganda is a completely different band like there's a few songs like before John K. Sampson left, he was on the first, I think, two Propaganda records. Mm-hmm. And on the last one, like, he's a couple sort of solo songs that are essentially Weaker Than songs. Oh, okay. They might have, I think they re recorded for the Weaker Than's first album, but 
they're kind of separate from the propaganda stuff, which I don't know too much about them either, but it's much more like, you know, straight ahead, you know, skate punk or eventually sort of more like mathy punk. Yeah. Well, I checked them out in preparation for this episode because I was like, oh, there's a connection there. And I knew propaganda just based on basically what I've heard on the 155 podcast it was like a very political driven band. So I listened to a few of the songs like, oh shit, this is like overtly and like in your face liberalism, like songs like I'm a people say I'm a PC fascist because I don't eat meat or things like that. It's like and I'm like, okay, this is nothing at all like the Weaker Thans because this like this Weaker Thans album is just like very earnest about, you know, emotions, about grief and all that. There's nothing really political about it. But I listen to propaganda I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is so political. Yeah, it's a complete sort of left turn from from propaganda to go from the most, you know, direct political statements to, you know, essentially all metaphor. Like he's not really direct, directly relating to anything yeah so what about this album you said it blew you away tell like can you tell me about that what is it that impresses you about this album i don't know i think the main thing is just the songwriting he's a fantastic songwriter nothing's you know too in your face like he kind of works around an idea for essentially the whole album which kind of comes back to these few th- these themes or just you know the three I guess I, I think it's technically sonnets, but the, the I think the manifest and then uh, hospital vespers and past year, they're all these kind of like repetitions on a theme about grief. And I think the last song, the character's dead and is now floating around. Right. So he's, he, yeah, he uses a lot of, you know, narrators and you know, devices rather than just directly relating to an idea, which I like. Uh, when I was listening to it, there were a few things that I thought kind of sounded like Bare Naked Ladies, which is another Canadian band. Dude, like, am I, Brian said he didn't hear it, but they were like, it was mainly in some of the melodies and some of like the guitar newly. And I was like, this is kind of, this has like a, a Bare Naked Ladies feel. I don't know if I've ever thought of that. I mean, it's, I can kind of see it. There's a little bit of like, yeah, kind of loose playing on. I don't, I don't know enough about the Bare Naked Ladies, honestly. I mean, this, that is one of the bands that we were kind of forced upon, but because <laughs> right, yeah, part, part through, of that yeah. was like a, just a, a rejection of it. I, know, I never really, never, I never liked them, honestly. But. Right, yeah. I mean, I like the the hits, but like I had one of their albums. I was like, this is kind of shitty. Other than one week, and it's all been done. Like so, yeah. I think they have a lot of records. They do still, still around. Uh, okay, so. So you, this album is from 2003. Is that when you first discovered it, or it, it would have been a few years later? I think that Greg Graffin record was 2005 or six. Okay. And then so after it would have been after that, and then Reunion Tour came out, and I was really excited for that, and got that, and then that was it. Gotcha. I think, I think they're still technically a band, but they haven't done anything in over 10 years. Right now, Brian Brian picked this album, and Brian's classic thing is to pick not the best of something so yesterday when we talked about this he's like oh yeah this isn't their best album their best album is left and leaving is that what you said brian yeah is would you concur with that or do you think this is their best album or like what are how would you rank them i think this is generally considered to be their best album i would actually agree with brian and say that like left and leaving is probably my favorite i think like all the pieces on reconstruction that are probably make it, they probably make it the better album, but yeah, left and leaving is my favorite. Okay. 
Yeah, I haven't listened to the other two albums. Or is it? Is there two other albums or three? Yeah, there's there's three other ones. There's three. Yeah. There's, a, there's, an, there's an early one that's a little bit more sort of you know, disjointed and you kind of see the band coming together. But yeah, this is really where I think most people would go to. Yeah. Reunion Tour has its moments too. It's a little bit more experimental with the instruments, but there's some, some good songs on that too. Well, and Brian, you said that you felt like, I mean, it sounds like this is your favorite one, but you also said you had a job where you would just like put on all of their albums on shuffle and you can't necessarily like, they all just sound like they could be from the same album. There's nothing like super distinct about them. Yeah. Yeah. I stick by that. Um, Yeah. It was just the most inoffensive music I had on my iPod at the time. (laughs) So Brian, as you may or may not know, Brian is now more into things like hardcore, um, this this type of music is not really in his wheelhouse these days, but he said that this still stands up, stands the test of time, unlike maybe some of the drive through records bands that we talked about last year. Does this, do you still appreciate this album all these years later? Do you think oh. it holds up? I think it holds up. I mean, I've listened to it a few times today, just reminding myself of all the, all the different songs on it. And there's no real weak point. There's a few kind of like, you know, album tracks that don't quite hit as hard as you know, the, the bigger ones, but this album, like, I, I don't think they have a, really a weak album, which you know, they only have four of them, so maybe that's part of it. They didn't last too long yeah, for whatever reason. Yeah, but I can kind of see what Brian means. Again, this is the only one I've listened to, but after, like, I think the first five or six songs are just amazing, and then the back half of the album, I'm like, well, these songs are good, but it's really not any different from the first part of it, so I just, I don't, it almost feels like it kind of drags on. It's only 40 minutes or something like that. But towards the end, I'm like, yeah, I feel like we've heard this song. I mean, with the exception, Brian pointed out that I maybe was not giving enough love to uh, One Great City. Because that's that's a really good song that's kind of towards the mm-hmm. end. But uh, on the latter half, I'm just like, yeah, this is all, it's all just kind of samey. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. Like, it's it's a great place to be. And, you know, this they go a little bit more like country-ish at the end. It's more like you know lap steel or pedal steel, whatever that is. Right. They get a little bit more out there. There's some nice harmonies later on. I think his wife is on one of the, the last songs. But yeah, that's it's a good place to be if that if you're going to stay in that zone. It's a good yeah. zone to be in. Yeah. So is this a type of music, um, like outside of this band? Is this a type of music that you were a fan of back then? Are you still a fan of this kind of earnest type music, or is this kind of a, an anomaly for you? I don't think it's an anomaly. I mean, this is, I, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for this sort of like country infused or like folk infused rock. Like, there's a there's a, a through line between you know, this and, you know, like, like Jason Molina's music or some of like the more, like, indie like. 2000 stuff like secretly canadian put out or like will oldham stuff which that's on that label okay gotcha well i mean yeah i think that kind of answers the questions that i would have uh, just like i just want obviously the canadian perspective on is this a big band in canada where were they uh, they were big yeah they were, they were pretty big it wasn't really one of those bands that was pushed on the radio it's not really meant to be popular like really? this song, okay. especially they were they were a little too underground. I think the reunion tour had more of a push on like you know alt radio and that kind of stuff, but it was never too popular. Was this an album that you heard on the radio much, Brian, in the states? 
or how no, did you, no, you just found it in that record yeah. store? No, I don't think they're very big here. Okay. I mean, I mean they, they toured around here and stuff. They came to Madison at least once. But um, I don't think they're, like, radio big at all, no. So how did you decide to pick up the album then, Brian? Because, I mean, we, we talked um, about their trips to this record store, but in my mind, you saw, like, Dashboard, and, like, yeah, I've heard of this, so I'm going to buy Like, how did you hear of The Weaker Thans? Um, I remember reading about them in Alt Press a lot. Okay. Um, former guest of the pod, Scott Heisler, wrote about them extensively. Okay. Interesting. And my brother happened to have Reconstruction set on CD, so I used to steal that a lot. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, uh, Brian, I don't want to. I don't want to hog all the space here. Do you have any questions or anything you want want to ask our guests while while we have a chance? No. Um. Uh, what about Canadian new metal? There was a You're little bit of it. I remember uh-huh. you were going to do my new, new metal comp, and you suggested, or you you're going to do a Project Wise song who I'd never heard of. I can't I believe you're going to pick on our guest for bailing on your comp. Look at this. We're trying yeah, to have a nice happens. conversation here. <laughs> there was a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, when, when it was big, they, they because you know they had to fill 30% of the air with Canadian stuff, they either found or picked some Canadian acts that kind of fit it, and that was one of them. Kitty was another one. I think Alex, you had mentioned you, you were going to talk about as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know they were well, Canadian. There's a few, yeah, from London, Ontario, just close to where I grew up. And then there was, they were kind of a big deal for a while. But there wasn't much beyond that. We just kind of got the same stuff everyone else got, the, you know, the Limp Biscuits and the, the Lincoln Parks and all that. Have you heard Flashback? I haven't. They're uh, they're a, a new new metal band come out coming out of Canada. Hmm. They're making waves in the states a little bit. Take a look for that. New, so new metal still a thing. It's oh back. yeah, it's, 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 I think it's gonna come back. Yeah. Okay, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, check out Flashback. It's two words. It's a uh, it's pretty it's pretty great new metal worship. Coming out of Canada. I think it's different Toronto, maybe. Okay. I haven't heard We're of that. Playing maybe. a basement show in Milwaukee coming up. So I'm pretty excited about that. They got the DJ. Take everything. a look for that. Yeah. Hmm. That's all I have to contribute. Okay. Perfect. Well, that's more than you contribute to our normal episodes. So thank you, Brian. <laughs> um. <laughs> So yeah, Matt, I mean, while you're here, is there anything in particular you want to plug other than your Twitter account and the idea of CanCon? Or I mean, you said you're in the film industry. I don't know if there's anything you can you know, let us uh, know about or things we should be watching I, that you're a part of. Uh, nothing that I'm allowed to talk about right now. We'll be out in a year or so. So nothing um, that's been released previously, like you weren't... Uh, Nothing, well, think, nothing lately. Nothing I worked, lately. I worked on, no, I worked on Snowpiercer last year, but didn't really have a good experience there. Okay. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I've been on the same show for about a year since then, and it's still in progress, so it'll be out next year. And I'm 
Gotcha. And you are coming stateside soon, returning. You said yeah. you were in L.A. and now you're going to New York, which is the far yeah. better city. Have, I assume you've been to New York before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of time there. But yeah. No, I, I didn't dislike L.A. It, was, it had its qualities. Yeah, I mean, it's got the beach. The beach is nice. I mean, there are parts of L.A. that are nice, like Santa Monica and Venice. But like when I think L.A., I think that gross downtown, like that big round building and the disgusting skyline. I don't know. L.A. is just gross. <laughs> Yeah, no, the parts of it are gross. No, I, 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 I lived in a nice, nice part, so I was pretty happy where I was at. Yeah, but yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> That's lots of yeah, lots of ska guys, and you know, the, the stereotype is true. Right. <laughs> you know, checkered, checkered vans and shorts and bowling shirts. It's it's great. It's great. <laughs> so ska is back then. I don't know. Will we have a fourth wave ska? Probably not. <laughs> okay <just> well <laughs> all right well matt thank you so much for joining us and talking about the weaker thens and uh yeah we really appreciate it no thanks thanks for having me enjoy the rest of cancon yeah there's a lot of great stuff there and a lot of a lot of garbage so cool. i think we're gonna have more garbage than great stuff but i guess that's to be determined so yeah it's a wild ride right okay thank you <laughs> all right thanks guys Thanks. Bye. The Zeitgeist Lab Collections Podcast, hosted by Brian and Alex, edited by PolySci Alex, executive produced by Pam Blurry for Itchy Grundle Podcast.